honored to be able to be here and teach. And uh, what I want to talk about, uh, first let me pray. Father, I just thank you for tonight, and uh, just thank you for your wisdom, Lord, and your heart. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for helping me to really, really care about these people, Lord, the way you care about them. Lord, help me to uh, just see past just the profile pictures and their names, Lord, but but see them the way you see them. And Lord, I just thank you, fill my heart with love <clears throat> for these people as I share what you place inside my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, I uh, one of the things, and I, I, I talk about this on the regular because I think this is a... Uh, it's just a very practical thing um, that helps us to navigate life successfully. And um, I, I want to talk about peace and maintaining peace. Um, you are the best version of yourself when you're operating out of a place of peace in your heart. And uh, when you're in a state of agitation, uh, when you're in a state of anger, when you're in a state of fear, um, that's really... You're, you're, you're not operating at, at full kingdom capacity, if you'll allow that term. You know, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not something external, uh, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And um, that, that's how uh, the kingdom operates, is it flows out of a place of peace. You know, if you, if you see Jesus as he, as he walked the earth, you know, he, he maintained peace. And, uh, you know, he had constant demands upon him, uh, you know, by the crowds, by the disciples, um, even by his own family, you know, um, there, there was constant demands on him, there were challenges, I mean, there were demons being cast out, there were Pharisees and Sadducees that were, you know, trying to catch him and trying to kill him, and, and uh, there were storms that arose, and, you know, there, were, there, was, there was lack, there was a lack of food at certain times, and, uh, you know, we see him face all kinds of challenges in his three and a half years on this planet, but uh, we see him maintain peace. And, uh, you know, it's just a characteristic that we see of Jesus. You know, he doesn't get, um, he doesn't freak out when Lazarus dies. You know, he doesn't get rushed. He doesn't hurry. Uh, you know, he, he, he's in a place of peace. He's in a place of confidence. And, you know, when he's on the way to, to heal Jairus, uh, Jairus is um, uh, daughter, um, he, you know, the woman with the issue of blood comes up and, you know, wants healing, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't freak out. He maintains peace. And, and, uh, you know, even when the messenger comes to say, you know, your are the servant of Jairus, your servant is dead. Jesus still maintains peace. And so, you know, he operated in the kingdom and he demonstrated what the kingdom was like. And so, uh, you know, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Once again, it's not something that's external. Um, it's something on the inside of us. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said that I've, he's given us his peace. You know, he gives us, you know, his peace, not as the world gives peace, but he gives a, a lasting peace. And this, this peace that he's given to us is a very powerful tool uh, and force to, to guard our hearts and to, uh, you know, to allow us to function in our everyday life, um, you know, much you know, much easier and much more successful than we are when our hearts are agitated and they're full of care and full of worry and full of anxiety. You know, we, we live in a world that, you know, it's almost like a pressure cooker. And, you know, it's always been that way, but it almost seems like this year it's gotten worse. You know, there's just all kinds of pressure and fear and, you know, reports of this happening and reports of that happening. And if there was ever a time to maintain your peace, it's now. And, um, and so now the beauty of the kingdom is that you're not trying to manufacture 
peace. Jesus said, I give you peace, not as the world gives you peace. And, you know, the world uh, looks for peace through the product of circumstances. You know, they're like, you know, if I just get... If I just get everything taken care of around me, and if I just get the music just right, and I just get the aromatherapy just right, and I just, you know, I go on this vacation just this, you know, just this right, and I just have this right. If I get everything and my circumstances correct, um, then I'll have peace. But um, that's not the type of peace that Jesus gives. Jesus doesn't give this kind of uh, wishy-washy, weak peace that's based upon your circumstances. He actually gives you um, a powerful peace that's born of heaven and something that is eternal and is a spiritual force. And I'd, I'd go so far as to even say that it was an aggressive peace. And it's just a powerful force to maintain your heart. And so the world, you know, they offer peace through our circumstances. and But Jesus gives us a peace that's everlasting. You know, he is referred to in Scripture as the Prince of Peace. And so um, now the avenue in which this peace comes, and, you know, it lays it out. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, Enjoy the Holy Ghost, and so it's going to come in that order. And so, in order, you know, righteousness and peace are hand in hand. You see it throughout Scripture. Um, you see it all the time, and uh, they they really they they complement each other. Now, righteousness comes first, and uh, I'll explain that here in just a moment. Now, under the old covenant, they're all, always laboring uh, to become righteous or maintain their righteousness uh, through their conduct and through their temple sacrifices. And as long is uh, they made the appropriate sacrifices and they fulfilled their end of the covenant under the old covenant, then they, they had uh, a covering for their sin for uh, a temporal period of time, a short period of time. But Jesus has come in and uh, he's brought in an everlasting righteousness, which was prophesied in the book of Daniel, and he's brought in eternal righteousness. And so now under the new covenant, you're not seeking after righteousness. You're not seeking to establish your own righteousness. No, you, you, Jesus himself has become your righteousness. You know, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says that he that knew no sin, talking about Jesus, became sin on the cross, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so Jesus has come to earth to be our righteousness. And so under the New Testament, your, your right standing with God is not the product of your behavior. It's not the product of your actions. It's not even the product of your conduct. Your righteousness under the new in the new covenant, your righteousness is actually a person. His name is Jesus. And so when, you know, just like me, drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, crazy person, when I stepped into Christ, um, I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I, my filthy rags of my own righteousness were laid aside. And I, I became a new creation. I was baptized um, into the same spirit, you know, with the Lord and became one with Christ. It stepped into him, became a part of his body, and his righteousness was given to me as a gift. He took all of my sin, and then I took all of his righteousness. And so that word, you know, in, in the Hebrews, the word tiskanu, um, and, and what, it, what it literally means is right standing. I'm standing before God as I should be. And, uh, you know, Jesus, that's one of the reasons he operated in so much peace, because he was always in right standing with the Father. He knew no matter what was going on, that God had his back. Uh, no matter what challenge that he faced, no matter what went on, he knew that his father was greater than all, and he was right with God. And we also know that he never sinned. So he was born with this gift of righteousness that was the product of a virgin birth. He had pure blood. He was right with God. Sin had not contaminated him whatsoever. And so he had this right relationship with God. And then, of course, he maintained it uh, by never sinning in thought, action, or deed. And then he laid down his life for all of us 
so that he could pass on the gift of his righteousness through the finished work of the cross. He that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And so this righteousness that Jesus has given to us, it is a gift. And he, he has become our righteousness, our wisdom, our sanctification, our redemption. All these things are not just doctrines and teachings. This is a person. And now you are in him. So if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're in right standing with God. Um, that's not the product of your conduct. That's the product of you simply receiving that free gift. And so knowing that you're right with God is the place where peace is birthed. You know, if you feel like you're not right with God, it's going to be very difficult to have peace. Now, unfortunately, there's a, a, a lot of teaching that goes on in, in the church today that basically causes people to question whether they're right with God and keeps them in a state of unsureness and uncertainty concerning their standing with God. And the vast majority of their Christian conduct is motivated out of that place of fear and uncertainty of lack of peace. And so people come to church in order to, to, to prove that they're right with God. They good do, good, do good deeds to, to, to maintain their rightness with God. They give to, in order to maintain their rightness with God. They do all of these things. Really, Scripture says all, none of these things make you right with God or keep you right with God. Jesus himself has become your righteousness. We don't want to try to establish our righteousness through our conduct that's actually counterproductive to the new covenant and the cross and is an insult uh, to the finished work of the cross. Now, is your conduct important? Absolutely. God wants his love flowing to you and flowing through you. That's going to give you the best possible life that you can have here on earth. So your conduct is important. We want to have good works that so people can see our light shine and we can be a witness. But none of these things are what make you right with God. Only Jesus makes you right with God and you receiving his salvation as a free gift. And so when you understand that you're right with God, now, now peace begins to be birthed inside of your heart. You know, Romans chapter 5 says that, you know, we're standing on grace ground. We're standing on, on favor ground and now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and so this peace is birthed of God's blood this peace is birthed of uh, of you know the divine finished work of the cross this peace is birthed out of uh, stepping into a place of unity with God and that's one of the reasons that it's a peace that's so powerful it's not based on circumstantial uh, you know things around you you know you don't have to you can have peace in the midst of the storm we see Jesus do that over and over again you know mega storm was going on Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat he woke up he rebuked the wind and the waves why because he had peace he said peace be still he took the peace that was on the inside of him and he released it and so and that's why scripture refers to the gospel as the gospel of peace Emmanuel God with us God has come to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men and uh, all of this happens out of the finished work of the cross. So as you understand that you're right with God, as you begin to get your heart established in righteousness, it begins to develop a peace on the inside of you. The Bible says in Isaiah, uh, the work of righteousness is peace. And so as you understand that you're right with God, you have peace. And so I ask you the question, all of us, I'm sure, have challenges that we're facing. It's just a part of being on earth. But is there anything that you're facing that's too big for God to handle? The answer, of course, is no. God's greater um, than any of our challenges that we face. And so the next question is, is God going to handle it for you? And then that's, the, that's where the question territory comes in, because that's where the enemy tries to attack you and get you to look at yourself as your righteousness, get you to look at the filthy rags 
according to the book of Isaiah, filthy rags of man's righteousness or the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, which was based upon conduct. If the enemy can get you looking to yourself for your right standing with God, he will, he will draw uh, you into question and cause your heart um, to not have confidence towards God. And so what we have to do is, the question is, will God do it for us? And the answer is yes, because we're not standing in our own accord. We're not standing in our own works, our own accomplishments. We're actually standing in the righteousness that Jesus has given to us as a gift. And that's why Scripture declares, come boldly to the throne of grace to attain help in time of need. All the promises are yes in him. And amen in him. The key component here is Jesus. And so when I understand that Jesus is my righteousness, and I understand that Jesus is my right to all the promises of God, then I can I can have a peace that starts to arise in my heart. Because I recognize I may be facing a challenge, I may be facing trouble, uh, but I know that God is for me. And if I know that God is for me, and I know I can't mess that up because I'm now a new creation in Christ Jesus, and Jesus has become my righteousness or my right standing with God, then I can actually grow in confidence, and faith can begin to develop and to flourish and to strengthen. And uh, that's what it's talking about in Romans 1, 15, 16, and 17, where it says, Herein uh, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. If you look at that in the Amplified, it says it's revealed by faith, but it also springs and arouses to more faith. So the more you understand that you're right with God, the more confident you are in the fact that he's going to move on your behalf. Even when the passage of time happens, even when challenges happen, even when your own failure happens. Because your trust is not in yourself, your trust is in Jesus. It's a tremendous game changer. It totally changes the dynamic of the way that we relate to God. And, uh, and that's why this new covenant is a better covenant established upon better promises because it's not established upon man's weakness or man's failure, which is why God found fault with the old covenant. It's actually, it's actually based upon the finished work of the cross, which is a done deal. And so, um, once again, talking about peace here, when I understand the gospel and I start understanding that I'm right with God, then all of a sudden this peace starts to arise on the inside of us, and it's a powerful peace. So once again, it's not the product of your circumstances. It's a product of your right standing with God. And so uh, this piece is what, how we want to navigate our lives. You know, I think a lot of the problems that we have is that, you know, peace is not actually guarding our hearts. You know, you know the reason that people, you know, are, are arguing with their spouse many times is because really uh, they're dealing with fear. Uh, or they're dealing with agitation, or they're dealing with anger. And what's happened is they've allowed that peace to slip off of their heart. Their heart is exposed and vulnerable, and they're living out of a place of agitation or anger. And really, it might not even have anything to do with their spouse or their kids. It may have been because somebody cut them off in traffic. Or maybe their boss put a lot of pressure on them to get a project done or whatever. But because of the fact that they did not maintain that peace, uh, all these other things start to arise. Sin is unattractive in the presence of a peaceful heart. Sin is unattractive in the presence of a peaceful heart. One of the things the enemy tries to do is he tries to get our heart over into a place of covetousness. That's where we're wanting things that we're not uh, supposed to have, and we're hungering after things and longing after things. Well, if you're, if you're experiencing covetousness, you're not actually operating in a place of peace. We can let the peace of God guard our hearts, it will actually prevent temptation from getting a foothold or a stronghold in our lives. And so we want the kingdom flowing through us. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And so, and so in a practical sense, what do we do when we have lost peace? Okay? 
because periodically it happens throughout your day. You know, you lose peace and it's time to get peace back, okay? Once again, the world tries to do that by making their circumstances perfect. You're not going to have perfect circumstances on this, in, in this earth. You know, Jesus said, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so how do we do it? Well, uh, we, we go over there to John 14 where Jesus is talking about giving you his peace. And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so the, the, the analogy that I like to, to use, and the analogy I think describes this the best, and, and something that I'm actually doing a lot right now, um, you know, it, it's, once again, it just got cold here in Kentucky. I mean, kind of cold. And uh, I like to do prayer and study kind of on, our, on the back porch. Uh, we have kind of like a screened-in back porch, and I really like to be out there with a cup of coffee and like to spend some time with the Lord and be in nature and all that. And, um, but it's gotten cold out there, right? But I still want to go. Now, I can go. I can go into the back porch, even though it's cold, if I dress appropriately, and I have a blanket. And if I put my blanket in its proper position, I can enjoy comfort, even though there's some cold adversity that's out there on the back porch. And so, to me, the greatest analogy that we can use concerning peace is that peace that Jesus gave you is the blanket that covers your heart and keeps it warm and keeps it safe from the fears and anxieties and pressures of this life. And so while I'm out there, you know, praying and spending time with the Lord, uh, you know, my dog likes to get up out there. And he likes to, if I get up, he tries to get my spot. And if I move, he tries to get the blanket. So there's a little bit of a struggle out there uh, on the chair because the dog likes it too, which is fine. I want him to cuddle with me, but I don't want him to take my blanket. So, for example, this morning we're out there, we're on the chair, and the dog manages to, to creep on my blanket. He's laying up underneath my blanket. Now, when the blanket's off me, I'm no longer comfortable. I'm no longer enjoying myself. And so what I have to do is I've got to take the blanket and I've got to pull it back so that now I can maintain that level of comfort so I can enjoy the scenario even though there's some cold coldness uh, in, 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 the, in, the cir in the circumstances. And I say all that to say this, it's the same way with your peace. When you, when something removes that peace off of you, you have to purposefully put it back. Okay? Purposefully put it back. When your child's tantrum removes the peace off of your heart, purposefully put it back. When someone cuts you off in traffic and they remove that peace off your heart, purposely put it back. When you lose your keys and you're starting to get agitated, no, no, no. You're going, to be, you're going to find your keys better out of a place of peace. You're going to handle your child better out of a place of peace. You're going to talk to your spouse better out of a place of peace. You're going to make your presentation at work better out of a place of peace. Everything you do is going to be more effective out of a place of peace. Because out of a place of peace, there's strength and there's confidence. And this is what God has for you in the kingdom. Christians should be the most confident people in the earth. Not arrogant. There's a difference between arrogance and godly confidence. Godly confidence edifies everyone around them. Pride-filled worldly arrogance belittles everyone around them. And, and the same thing happens in legalism and moralism when people don't understand their righteousness as Jesus and they think it's their conduct. And you see all kinds of Christians acting like they're better than other people. That's not the kingdom. So there is a godly confidence that's born out of a place of peace that God wants you to function in in your daily life, okay? In your mundane activities, in, in, in every aspect of your life, He wants you to function out of that place of peace. So when that peace is removed, when that blanket gets ripped off of your heart, what are you going to do? Well, you know, I tell you, man, one of the most powerful things you have as a child of God is the ability to speak. You know, one of the things that, that, that marks us and sets us apart from the rest of 
of God's creation here on earth is that we can speak. You know, God created everything with speech, light be, you know, and, and uh, everything was created out of a place of speech. Well, you know, in, in the Hebrew, the word uh, for spirits, the word ruach, and it means breath. And so, you know, and even when God uh, uh, created Adam, he, he breathed life into Adam. And, and so you are a spirit being, you know, and, and so now you are a speaking spirit. And what does that mean, Jeremiah? I know that may sound spooky to some people who never heard it, but you, 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 are, you have a spirit. And, and so when you speak, you release, you release um, authority. How did you get saved? You spoke. You said something. And so you don't want to combat a thought with a thought. When, when, when agitation comes, when disruption comes to your peace, out of your mouth say, I let not my heart be troubled, neither do I let it be afraid. Now, you don't have to scream it. You don't have to yell it. You don't have to be, you know, Christian redneck about it. You don't have to draw attention to yourself. Just quiet, man. Let not my heart be troubled, neither do I let it be afraid. I teach my teenager this all the time. Pull that blanket of peace back over your heart. And out of a place of peace, find your keys. Out of a place of peace, address your child. Out of a place of peace, speak to your spouse. Out of a place of peace, drive to work. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God has given you a peace that will guard your heart and will empower your life. And another thing, when you're experiencing um, insecurity and something's trying to, to, to make you insecure, and if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll keep a close hand on this, um, it, it'll really help you to function in life. I've noticed, like, if I start to feel insecure or I'm in a scenario where I'm starting to feel self-conscious, I'm like, uh-uh, i got to pull my peace back. Relax. Operate out of peace. Maintain that. Don't let anyone rob you of peace. Don't let anyone intimidate you. Don't let any circumstances intimidate you. Listen, God is for you. And if God be for you, who can stand against you? If you are right with God and you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, there is a boldness that God wants to put on your life. There is a peace that God wants to put on your life that's going to it's going to impact the way you live. It's going to impact the way you walk and think and laugh and drive in every aspect of your life because the kingdom, God's intention is for it to flow through you. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And so uh, when that peace is absent, you're not at your best because it's almost, it's like living life with a bare heart. You know, it also refers to righteousness as being a breastplate. You know, a warrior during those times is not going to be very effective if they don't have a breastplate because their vital organs are all, all, always going to be susceptible to attack. And so that breastplate of righteousness is given to you to protect your heart and to keep you. And so uh, this is this is something God has for you. I just it's just oh it's just wonderful when you when you get a hold of this and you start operating in it. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions. You know, and in times past, I know that you know we viewed that passage of scripture as you know we got to be loud and we got to be problematic and we've got to cause a scene and all of these things. No, no. <clears throat> The, the, a righteous, excuse me, a lion's boldness is demonstrated in his rest. Take a look at a lion. He's always at rest. Why? He's not insecure. He knows he's the king of the jungle. He knows he has no problem just laying out in the Sahara. If you look at a lion, most of the time they're chilling. Why? Because they know who they are. They don't feel insecure. And, and so this boldness that God has in your life really is demonstrated out of a place of peace out of a place of rest. Look, if you're peaceful when you present the truth, 
It's going to be because you're, 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 you're speaking to someone out of a place of being fully persuaded. You know, if, you, if you've got to, you know, if you've got to, you know, peace just conveys confidence. And so, you know, God, God wants that for your life. And once again, you don't have to, you know, a lot of, I know I spent many years trying to find peace at the, you know, at the bottom of a bottle, you know, at, at, you know, in a pill, um, you know, in, in smoke, in, 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 in all these other things. And uh, really that peace that I was searching for and all of those substances and all those situations, scenarios, I found that peace in Jesus. And uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so uh, he wants to teach us how to operate in it. And I know this is a super, super simple teaching, but it's also real easy to forget about this and to kind of let this go. Because I guarantee you, in your daily life, you're going to have many moments when the blanket of peace gets pulled off of you. Don't live your whole day without the blanket of peace. Don't do that to yourself. Peace is your default setting. You know, we, we live in a time when people are angry. We live in a time when people are offended. We live in a time when people are scared. Uh, you and me, we're to be different. We're to walk different. We're to stand out. And the Bible talks about that, you know, the, the, the gospel, our, our feet shod with the gospel of peace. What does that mean? That means wherever you walk, peace is present. You have the ability to control the atmosphere wherever you're at and not to allow it to dictate to you your peace. And we see that so clearly in the life of Jesus. We see Jesus operating out of a place of peace uh, to such a degree that it just absolutely astonished people. You know, they, they were amazed that, you know, he wasn't upset and he wasn't stirred and he wasn't all of these things. You know, even when they were trying to kill him, he was like, you can't kill me, it's not my time. And then, bam, he just disappeared. You know, when, when the, you know, a woman was caught in the act of adultery and they're, you know, ready to stone her and kill her. Jesus doesn't even react. He just, he bends down and starts to draw on the ground. This is a man who's full of peace. This is a man who knows his God is for him. And that same gift of righteousness that Jesus has given to you and me, um, God, that same gift of righteousness that Jesus, that Jesus operated has been given to us. And so out of that place of peace, God wants you to live your life. Don't let anything rob you of peace. Don't let any relationship rob you of peace. And, you know, and, there, and to, a, to a degree, um, this, it impacts what you're taking in. You know, if you're listening to fear-based stuff all the time, of course it's going to be a challenge to maintain peace. You know, the Bible says, Think on whatsoever is just and pure and lovely and of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Yes, you live in this world and you have to see the things that go on, but you can choose to ingest peace. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about feeding on Jesus, talking about feeding on the gospel, talking about feeding on him as your daily bread. Remember, God loves you. Remember, God is for you. Remember, you are right with God. And this powerful place of peace is something that God has for us that we can walk in, that we can live in, that we can maintain ourselves in. And I promise you, it will improve the quality of your life. Practice it. Get good at it, man. You know, uh, you know after I've shared this, rest of this evening, Keep that blanket of peace on your heart. Don't let anything, don't let any bill collector, don't let any family member, if they pull that blanket off, I let not my heart be troubled, neither do I let it be afraid. I'm the righteousness of God. God is for me. Amen? So I just wanted to share that with you guys tonight. Uh, not, a, not a real long teaching, kind of a, of a short one, but uh, this is something I, I just really live my life by. And, uh, man, if you can really get a hold of this and get this operative in your life, man, it will really help you. Don't let fear ruin your life. You know what I'm saying? Don't let anxiety ruin your life. Don't let it. Don't give it. Don't give it. It doesn't have a right to. 
Maintain your heart in that place of peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody watching now and in the future that you would help us to operate in your kingdom and to allow that powerful peace to flow. If there's someone watching this right now and they're full of fear, Lord, I just thank you that you wrap your loving arms around them and you let your perfect love drive out all fear. And I thank you, Father, by your spirit, you pull that little blanket up over their heart of peace. Remind them that the cross was enough. Remind them that Jesus did a good job. Remind them, Lord, they are a forgiven people. They are a loved people. And Lord, I just thank you for that. Help us all to operate in this in the times that we're living in, Lord. We need it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome.